Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for us and us. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Plenty of shots. Come on, shot. Come on, Good jump by Nelson. Robinson again. Grit. Towards Lieburn. Suddenly got the pace and the power. Finding pitcher, and a shot, and a goal by Walsh for Charlton, and it becomes the perfect start. Well, they've dreamed about this for so long. After seven long years of playing at Selhurst and playing at Upton Park, they're back at home in the finest possible style. Walsh's goal into the corner of the net, and something like seven minutes gone. 
played there by Pitcher and Walsh took full effect. 1-0 to Charlton. Everybody urging that referee to blow the final whistle. And he's blown it. And Charlton have won it. The perfect homecoming for Charlton Athletic. A victory with that goal after six minutes from Colin Walsh. They hit the post as well. They had goal mouth scrambles. They took a lot of pressure from Portsmouth. Steve Britt, the joint manager, a perfect game at right back. And the smiles have truly returned to Charlton Athletic and to the Valley. As they go right around the pitch now to say thanks for coming and we're glad to be back. It's been a wonderful day in the history of Charlton Athletic, one that anybody here is not going to forget for a long, long time. Were you there the day they returned to the Valley? I was and I saw them win. Were you there the day they returned to the Valley? I was and I saw them win. Were you there 25 years later? Yeah, it's rubbish. Load of rubbish. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to John Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is uh, Louis Mendes. Thank you for joining us if you're here live. It's four o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, the earliest time we've ever done a show. Uh, Tom's only just got out of bed, haven't yeah. you, Mr. Tom? Yeah, about an hour ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You all right? Tough day. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, was just, I was on the floor after yesterday, so I had to spend the day in bed to recover. It's disappointing. Uh, I mean, you hang over after your night in Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, joining myself and Tom here in the Charlton Live studios, Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. Living it's a bit weird. It feels a bit weird. It does feel a bit, a bit weird, weird being here so early. We're all suited and booted because yeah. uh, we're going to the Back to the Valley uh, dinner later on this evening, hence the uh, early show. So thank you if you have joined us uh, early this afternoon on to this afternoon's show. I'm going to keep saying tonight's show no matter what happens, but on this afternoon's show, uh, we will look back at the uh, 25th anniversary game here at the Valley yesterday against Portsmouth. Unfortunately, a defeat. Unfortunately, not a, a very good performance uh, in, in the end. Uh, we'll hear the highlights. We'll speak to Carl Robertson after the game. We're going to hear what you guys have to say about the performance. And, of course, we will... Uh, try and focus probably more on the back to the valley anniversary, the 25th anniversary. We're going to speak to the goal scorer on that uh, on that day, Colin Walsh. Uh, we're going to speak to a fan who was involved in something quite memorable that day, a guy called Vince, uh, who ran on the pitch to speak to Killer Hales uh, at the same time on the same day, which was quite entertaining to find out his story. And we want to hear your memories of that very special day here in uh, SE7. 25 years ago so if you want to get involved in tonight's show you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us uh, at Charlton Live. if you head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, there's a thread on there for tonight's show as well uh, just before we go into the highlights Tom uh, your 30 second summary of yesterday's game disappointing um, I think the the day itself was brilliant um, the atmosphere the you know the pre-game build up the whole uh why we were here um, to celebrate the, the 25 years back was great um, but the performance didn't live up to it I thought we were very flat um, I think probably on the balance of play they deserved to win um, probably only by one goal I'm sure we'll come on to the penalty later but I think one goal in it was probably fair but yeah we just weren't good enough and it's another big occasion as plenty of people referenced last night where where we haven't shown up unfortunately yeah Tom yeah Nathan even you're a mm. uh... Your views on it yesterday pretty much the same. Yeah, exactly. More or less exactly the same. I just think um, I think teams know how to play against us now, um, and I think we need we need a plan B of some sort um, because we're getting found out, which I think we've we've all seen in the last three four games. Yeah, form is uh, tailed off, hasn't it? Recently, right? Let's have a quick listen to the highlights from yesterday's game. 
appreciate that. As the teams come out onto the pitch, you have Portsmouth on one side, you have Charlton on the other, and in between each Charlton player is a legend of 92. Edge of the box and a shot from Evans, the first strike at goal. All game so far is central. It's a powerful strike, and Amos did well just to watch it and just tip over. Concert chips the ball forward towards Holmes. It's been an ambitious ball, and Holmes ball. does well to spray it left to De Silva. Lovely play from Ricky Holmes and De Silva on the edge of the penalty area. Still De Silva finds Holmes, a bit of space. Ricky Holmes tipped over by McGee. Trying out the corner. First shot from the Addicts. And now Portsmouth looks at counter attackers. Low drives past Arebo. Low's got. Evans to his right, and Evans it is who has it. Evans, reverse ball back inside, he'll come to Chaplin. Great challenge oh, from Chris Solly. Comes out to O'Keefe, will go for goal. Deflection, oh. and it's gone wide. But what a challenge from Chris Solly. Goal-saving challenge. Holmes to take, whips it in to a dangerous area. Oh. Sol was almost there, has missed it. Comes out to Marshall on the edge of the box. And now to Silva. To Silva, cuts his side onto his left foot, will go for goal. Well, it's been tipped over by McGee. I don't think he quite read it. It was a... Effort from De Silva looking towards the far post. It looked like to be a comfortable save for the goalkeeper. But just in the end, decided to clear it behind. I think Ricky Holmes will be all right with them paper airplanes. They're more known for their ships down there, aren't they? It'll be Holmes to take the corner again for Charlton. Again, puts it into a dangerous area. Flicked on by Arriba! Oh, oh post! It's just the slightest of touches from Joe Arriba. Just a flick at goal bound. And it just grazed the right-hand post. And there's a half-time whistle. Anyway, Portsmouth had the free kick. Halfway inside chance off on the right-hand side. It's Evans who's over it. Only a one-man wall for Charlton. You wouldn't expect him to go for goal from here. But they've got the big guns up from the back. Evans puts it into a dangerous area. And it's come off a Portsmouth player. And they have taken the lead just after half-time. Pigo Keith got the final touch. A lovely cross in from Evans. I've got a feeling it might have been Pittman, you know. I'm not, it's just hit somebody and gone in. I don't think there was any... Uh, there was no, att no you know, attempt, was there, to, to go for goal? Still the Charlton players are talking to the referee and, uh, and, the, and the official down here. How they come by giving that free kick in the first place. Thompson will pick it up now for Portsmouth. Down the line for Evans. Evans will whip it in again towards the far post, towards Pittman. There's a tug on the shirt. No, no Sully. way! And there's a penalty. Oh, I don't believe it. And Portsmouth have a chance to go two up here. Oh, man alive. I mean, Solly's just in the referee's face now and referee's sending him away. But, uh, but you'd have to see it. I don't know whether Solly did or not. I mean, he's incensed, Solly. I think, I think the question, I, I mean, I certainly saw Solly holding Pittman's shirt. It's just whether the latter was doing it as well. Whether it was both of them doing it. I definitely saw Pittman's shirt being pulled. He peeled off onto that far post towards Chris Solly. I mean, if Pittman was doing it to Solly, you can't really say it's a penalty, but Pittman has the chance to give Portsmouth a two-goal lead. Brett Pittman from the spot, right-footed, steps up, yes! Ben Amos! What a Ben Amos! He keeps still in this game, diving to his left, pulls it out for Portsmouth corner. Come on, let's make this happen now. And forward. McGuinness will head it towards Best. Best picks it up, edge of the penalty area. To his right is Hearn Grant. Right, Ahern Grant heading towards the touchline. Goes back to Chris Solly. Chip the ball into the box. Chris Solly. Best is there with the header. Oh, oh saved down to the right hand corner by McGee. Before it can squeeze into the inside the post. And there is the final whistle as the goal kick comes away. Charlton have succumbed on a very special day here at the Valley. 25 year celebration of being back here. And unfortunately, couldn't bring you 
a special result. So there we had it, Terry and Greg on Valley Pass yesterday, talking us through the action. Oh, in probably in our in our case, <laughs> lack thereof. I mean, chances. Where were they? I mean, the, our problem over the last few weeks is wasting chances. Yesterday was creating them. Yeah, um, as Nafe says, I think I do think we we've possibly been found out. We were just looking through the lineup there whilst we were listening to the highlights, and Thompson and Houndstrup, the fullbacks, really just man marked Holmes and Marshall out of the game. I don't think either of them really beat their man enough. Um, we saw a home Grant do it a couple of times late on, but that seemed to be the way we were trying to get goals was crosses into the box, which again seemed strange because Clark and Burgess in the middle were two big, big centre backs who were winning every ball. So. I think our tactics let us down a little bit, but I think Portsmouth's backline defended very well. And as I say, it was just very one-dimensional from us. And we, when we couldn't get through that way, we kind of didn't have any any plan B, any second option. Mm. Um, that's really. something that's something we've heard a lot over the last mm. few days now. Plan B. I mean, don't forget. I mean, the, the injuries that we've got are going to sort of hold you back a bit in, in that in that case, Nath. But you know, do, do you think that? trying something different would have worked yesterday because I mean I think it was quite obvious to me that uh, trying to pass the ball around that we do Portsmouth were organised they were up for it they didn't let us do it so then we ended up with I think it just felt to me that Ricky was just trying to run at people Mm. we're just trying to run at them and getting absolutely nowhere yeah I think um, yeah I think obviously we've been found out I said on Thursday I think it'll be a different game with Ahmed not there and I think that showed massively yesterday because as much as Joe tried yesterday, Joe Rebo, um, there was times where JFC tried coming short to get the ball, but there was no one in that middle trying to, to dictate the dictate the tempo and trying to run the game. So, which was like you said, we was going more direct, running at people. We tried getting down the sides. Marshall, every time he got the ball, he had two of them on him. He had the what was it Low and uh, their left back? Who was it? Uh, Houndstrip. There, he couldn't get past them. He could, and the only thing we could do is try and force ourselves through the middle, and it was never. We was didn't really do anything but it's yeah but f- t- could have changed it up maybe um, he was going to bring Reeves and Hearn Grant on a little bit earlier but I think he said something about you know that Marshall started getting into the game a bit more but I would have gone 4-4-2 mm. yeah, put Hearn Grant up top alongside McGuinness or even put Best and Grant up top try something different because it wasn't working trying to get get down the sides and trying to cross the ball in the box mm. it just wasn't working it was obvious do you think there's a case so obviously with the, the sense of occasion we had yesterday or the build up to the game does that does that put more pressure on the players in a way Did, too much pressure to perform on the day I think it puts pressure on them um, uh, you know they're, they're going to be aware of the occasion but you know they're professional footballers they should be able to cope with that they're going to have games if they want to get to the you know the the best parts of of the game they're going to have games much bigger than a 25th anniversary of a, of this you know they might have games at Wembley if they're trying to you know get through playoffs they might have games that decide whether they win a league or not or cup finals you know that's that's far more pressure um i think yesterday was more about a, a celebration for the fans that, than pressure um and i think it, it wasn't so much the occasion it was it was the way portsmouth set up and it was it was our lack of creativity um and that does come down to injuries of course but the only player missing from that front four that you know the front four that were winning week in week out is fossu marshall that's the only swap you know clark was back there ricky was there and mcginnis was there and you know a month or two ago they were putting four past fleetwood and, and winning games quite comfortably so I think we have dropped off. I said after the game as I left the ground, my concern really is that we haven't played very well for a little while now. Um, and that's something that we need to turn around quickly because as we've referenced the last couple of weeks, we've got a lot of tough games coming up over Christmas and we need to we need to sort it out quick. 
mean, it was a boost that we did have Clark back, but as we knew in the in the build up that we'd lost Bauer, we'd lost Ahmed Kashi, who's going to be out for at least a month, it seems. And um, you mentioned earlier, do you think Kashi's going to be a big miss now? Oh, yeah. I said it on Thursday. He's, he's, he, he's an unsung hero because he makes his player, tick. I think. Yeah. He makes his tick. And you don't you don't realise how big he is until te- till mm. games like yesterday, where even though we're, us sitting on the sideline can see that, oh, all he might do is break up the play and just spread the simple ball. But they're the ugly things. And if you don't do the ugly things, you're never going to get the right to play, which we found out yesterday. And I think Clark, uh, you know, I'm one of Clark's biggest fans, but he didn't look fit yesterday. No. He didn't look. He, yeah. He's not going to be. You know, he's been three weeks out or whatever, or however long it's been. And he didn't look fit, he didn't look sharp. Um, and yeah, it was just disappointing. And it's just disappointing now from that. We were only now three points away. I know, yeah, we've got a game in hand against Shrewsbury. But at one point, weren't we like eight points from seventh or something mm. when we had, had that gap? And it's mm. it's dwindled down to Well, that's, to that, that's why that gap is useful because it, it, it mm. now allows us to have this little bit of form. Yeah. And, you know, especially now we're going out to Blackburn next week as well. And that's, that's going to be another... <laughs> Another really tough game. Now it was it was a really slow start to the game. They came they came to me on on the radio a half, a half an hour into the game. Normally by then I could say oh yeah so and so when they came to me I said yeah we're half an hour in no one's had a shot yet mm. and luckily while I was on air Portsmouth had that <laughs> shot from Evans so so oh, no someone has now but um, it was just like Portsmouth were organised and you know whereas we like to try and take the game to people at home we just could not get through and you could see the amount of time you could see what we were trying to do we were keeping possession especially early on we were trying to play Clark was coming short Guinness was going wide at times we were trying to weave our way in trying to play balls around the back but they read every single one of them and it didn't work it's at times it's like England against Iceland a few years mm. a couple of years ago now like you keep trying the same thing and it wasn't working and it- from where I was sitting you could see very clearly that when we tried to go down one side Portsmouth were shuffling their back four and the two holders across and and kind of crowding us out and it kept happening whichever side we were going down so I said to my mate that I was at the game with we we need to switch the ball quickly if we can switch the ball quickly and start to stretch them that's how we're going to get through because they defended very narrow they were tight they moved as a pack and we were trying to pass play intricate passes through one, we were, we had Clark doing that role, not Reeves, and Reeves is more likely to find that pass. But two, they were just well drilled, and you know that's something that Kenny Jackett's known for, and and we couldn't get through them. And if we'd have moved it quickly, if Holmes had pulled out to the other side when Marshall had the ball, and vice versa, maybe then we could have tried to open them up a little bit. But as you say, we kept trying the same thing over and over again, and it, and it just wasn't working. I think on the other hand, when they came forward, I thought Chaplin, where he got hooked at half time, I didn't think he was very good, and I think we kept Pittman quiet. Um, so it, it didn't really feel like they were going to score either, but mm. you couldn't see a goal coming for us in that first I mean, half. when I put it to Carl that uh, they were well organised, he said they were, but so were we, and he, he, yeah. said, he, he said he didn't feel like there was going to be many goals now. I think, you know, maybe two evenly matched teams in that first half. At the start, uh, you know, let's, I mean, there's a few chances in the first half. Evans Evans from distance with the shot, that was on half an hour. That was the first shot we heard mm. on the highlights there, and I think Pittman with a really tame header, uh, Evans again from distance is dragging wide. Then we had, we actually did have a half decent chance where De Silva actually got in behind on the left and squared it for Holmes. He took a touch, and his shot was tipped over. But the amount of times we were getting behind them in the first half like that was minimal. Hmm. Yeah, no, because Pop, Pompey played a, a, not an amazing performance, but a, a very organised away game. If you if you if you look at how we're set up, if you look at all our players, they're more we're more centrally focused than sort of our players. So like Tom said, all they're going to do is go narrow, force you to go wide and cross the box because them two centre backs are going to gobble it all day long, and that's and they done it all game, all, all all game, and we we had no, we didn't have any idea of what to do. We, we Clark mm. weren't getting in the pockets, 
So that was a cent. We could had no link up in the middle, so we could only go down the sides. And they would, they had it all to a T. They done us to a T yesterday. And it's not very often that I've gone to a game, especially this year, where we've not created a fair amount of chances. Which we've always said, oh, same old story. We've not been ruthless enough, mm-hmm. and that. But yesterday it was the complete opposite that we weren't even getting any chances. And yeah, I can't grumble at all at the result. It's just disappointing. Yeah, one of the few times we saw the game really open up in that first half was when Portsmouth had the counter attack. So that with a superb block from from Solly that would have you yeah. know, stopped a, an almost certain goal, and then the rebound tipped wide. But you know, I'd, I'd say for both teams, really, the, the the play being that open, we didn't see that at all in that first half. No, we didn't. It was it was very cagey. It was a a bit of a midfield battle, uh, as Nave says. Our lack of having Cashy around meant we lacked that little bit of steel in there. Um, I think, as I say, Clark uh, did look a bit unfit with Reeves in there. Maybe we would have had a bit more creativity. On their side, I thought, again, thought Chaplin was poor. I thought Jamal Lowe was, was quality, but that really only happened in the second half. So it was. It was a bit of a midfield battle. And, and as the manager said, and we've said, two organised back fives um, that just stopped any real chances from either side. That that one chance for Portsmouth aside, which was a, an unbelievable block from Chris Solly. I'll probably go as far as to say that we actually had our best spell uh, of the game just before <laughs> half-time, where we saw a, a decent... Well, we, we, we won a corner when De Silva had the, the, the shot from the edge of the box after the corner, which was tipped over. And then just after that, is it, I think, well, according to the highlights, it was Ariba. I'd written down Konza at the time, but I knew Konza and Ariba were right next to each other. So uh, one of them got a header that may or may not have just grazed the far post. It certainly only just went wide. And that was really it, other than a Marshall shot that was deflected wide. But I mean, at half time, you're thinking all the pomp and ceremony and all the fun we had before the game and the Q&A, the legends uh, that, that, we, that we saw at half time walking out on the pitch before the game, the... Uh, you know the uh, opera singer, the steel band. If you're in there early enough to see that as well, the names of the Valley Party, all the all this build up, all this you know fanfare, and at half time you think, well, that was boring. Mm. Yeah, no, and, and Pompey would probably and Jack, Kenny Jackie probably would have said it to him. Mm. Keep it tight, don't give anything silly away. First half and then second half, go out and because frustrate the people because everyone's because they knew that we were going to come out in a fast start. We was never going to have a slow start. We were always going to try and get on the front foot and. Said it, said it already. They played played it well, and half time it was um, it was um, it was a sort of a welcome sort of uh, mm, break, yeah. really, because I was so bored. Going to warm up, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that at half time. And then the way we started that second half, you wish half time never ended. I mean, uh, the the goal came two two or three minutes into that second period. Now controversy perhaps over mm. the award of the free kick because when when it was awarded, I'm sure that originally the decision was made our way. And then it gets changed, so there was some sort of confusion there. I haven't seen it back, but it looked like it. I think it was the linesman that flagged for our free kick, didn't he? Um, but the referee then gave it the other way. But as I say, I haven't seen it back, but either way, it looked pretty soft. And I think despite that, you then have to look at the way we defended the free kick anyway. I mean, it was a good ball in, but um, Chaplin had come off, Bennett came on. I don't know if it was him that took the free kick, but I thought he was one of their best players uh, going forward, probably along with Jamal Lowe in that second half. And yeah, and it's come, I think, well, I've seen the highlights of the goal back and it, it does look like it was McGuinness that got the final touch and, yeah. you know, frustrating for him. Mm. But, um, yeah, we, we found ourselves 1-0 down. I think on the balance of play at that stage, 1-0 was probably fair enough, to be honest. Just because they started that second half. Uh, so quick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I because mean, originally we, we thought it must have gone in off O'Keefe who'd mm. run off celebrating. But, yeah, from the replay you can see it's bounced for everyone, hit McGuinness's chest as he's tracking back. Um, I guess the question is there then, Nate, is why wasn't it cut out before he went through? Mm. Well, it's, I, mean, it's, I said on Twitter yesterday, I don't know how many, the last few games, we come, we come out second half and we're a different team. We're completely a different side. We look, 
we don't look switched on. We look lethargic, and it's not the first time it's, it's happened. No, is it? exactly. And that ball, the amount of times set pieces and us, I don't know what it is, but we're absolutely shocking at it. We're shocking, and it was that centre off. No disrespect to Nabs and Ez because they're good players. That's when you needed someone yeah. like a Jason Pierce who would just say. I don't care, I'm just getting rid of this ball. Mm. By your cool crook, I don't care if it's going to be used my head, my shoulder, my nose or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And he'd get rid of it. But yesterday, we just seemed such of a soft touch. Yeah, it was a good ball and a good delivery, but why is it always set pieces? Yeah. I feel nervous. It's it can't just be me. at the end of the yeah. day before, before it's hit McGuinness. Exactly. And it's just so frustrating. And it's the first minute of the second half, so everyone's not warmed up properly. They're not... You know, they do that little run four cones or whatever they do. And, they, you know, which no one even does properly anyway. So they're not warmed up, not switched on, and we give a go away. And then you're going to come against an organised side. We couldn't yeah. do it in the first half. You're going to make it even more difficult for yourselves now. Yeah? No chance. Absolutely no chance. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> that's, all right. that's, all, that's what we're here for. Let it all out now. Let it all out. It's, um, I mean, the reaction to the goal as well was quite disappointing because, I mean, other than one break with Ricky Holmes where he got to, he got to the wing and just the, the breakdown in communication between him and McGuinness when he tried. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if he crossed or shot there, no. Ricky, to be sure. I'm not certain. He had to just play it softly yeah. across because there was two at the back post and he tried to smash it across, mm. which obviously sometimes works because you're looking at a nick off anybody. But actually, if he'd got his head up, those two were unmarked at the back post and if he just passed it to him, it was a simple finish. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, so other than that, I mean, Pittman had a big chance on, on 55 minutes after Houndstrap's pullback, which I think he fired over. Uh, and then Solly had a shot that deflected wide off our own man. But then, then the penalty came, so 64 minutes. Now, um, again, I, I sort of watched it, but it looked softer when I watched it back than what I've, in my in the ground when I, I looked. I did see. I mean, the cross was coming over and it was going nowhere near anyone in the box. It was over everyone, going out, going out for a throw in. Um, and the, but so, so what I saw in the ground was Solly having a hand at least on Pittman. Now, when you look, I watched the replay from the angle. It's quite hard to see anything. Uh, hard to tell as well if Pittman may have had a, a grab of him beforehand. But I mean, just it, it, I mean, it's very rare you'd see a ref give that just because it was so far away from the ball. But at the same time, I guess people might pass and say, "Well, so, just don't touch." If you don't touch anyone in the box, they won't, he won't have a decision to make. Yeah, I mean, letter by the law, it's a penalty, which is fine. But if you're going to give that a penalty, the amount of times I see Josh McGuinness wrestled in that box mm. is an absolute joke. So if that's a penalty, fine. But then refs are going to be given three, four, five penalties a game. And if that's the case, then that's fine. But it's just the inconsistency. And I think, yeah, Solly maybe should have been grabbing his shirt. But the amount of times, corners and stuff like that, how you can differentiate that to any other one. Because if that, if, that, well, if, that, if that was a right, right midfield or whatever, it wouldn't have been a foul. Mm. It wouldn't have been. But it's because it's in a box, it's like a penalty. And it's just frustrating because there's no consistency. But, yeah, but to be fair, you, I thought you had a good game, you said. Yeah. Would you think there's a case of now with referees that they they see something like that within a box and they think, oh, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about how people get away with shirt pointing and they're more eager to give it than they would have been in some cases than, than like you say, outside the box, maybe? Yeah, I think possibly. I think I've seen that back and I'm still not entirely sure why he's given it, though, because the ball was nowhere near anyway. It wasn't. He's not prevented a goal-scoring mm-hmm. opportunity. I mean, obviously, if... If the ball's up one end and a player just pulls another player to the floor, you probably have to look at that and give something. But well, you remember a penalty we got given at home to Milton Keynes in our League One title-winning season. The ball was out on the wing. Yeah, yeah. They were getting, we were getting ready to cross it, but before that happened, yeah. Mackenzie, I think it was. Yeah, good example. Had, had an arm around Jan's, <laughs> uh, had a, his hand around Jan's throat, so he got sent off, and we got a penalty, even though the ball was fifty yeah. yards away. And I but, think yeah. you know if that ball, uh, it, it's just it. It was a strange decision. Like Nath says, I thought on the whole the referee had a good game, but 
I don't know. It just it seems very very soft. And Not as I, good as his brother. I did feel a sense of justice when uh, when the penalty was saved. Hmm. But it was a superb save from Ben Amos, um, mm. diving to oh. his left, full stretch. I mean, there was. Mm. I was watching the Channel Five goals uh, galore, or whatever they call it on Channel goal Five rush. goal rush on yesterday. And they had, uh, they had <laughs> I goals galore. Yeah, they had Scunthorpe. I think it was saving a penalty against Walsall. And uh, the bloke, the commentator said, oh, what a great save. And I was like, that was a rubbish save compared to what Amos did yesterday. Yeah. It was a superb save from Amos. Like, full strikes. Uh, it wasn't a bad penalty. He was right yeah. in the corner, but Amos did really well to get down there. And he, and he t- tipped it round as well. Tipped yeah. it round the post at the same time, not even put it into play still. So I thought it was 2-0, to be fair. I was ready to go. But, uh, did you not know the rules? <laughs> back down with that old man yeah. by the, uh, by the <laughs> yeah, stairs again. Hello, me again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was a great, great little save. But we was talking up... Um, where we sat yesterday and how much we prefer Amos to Rudd mm. because Rudd was the decent but Amos is such a such a unit like a big old wardrobe in gold do you know what I mean but yeah I really like Amos and I'm glad because a lot of people were getting on his case a little bit at the beginning um, but I think he's now showing how much of a good goalkeeper yeah. he is but it's funny actually because uh, so after I was in the tunnel after the game waiting for Carl to come out and do his interview and Amos uh, had actually, uh, presumably for that penalty save and not doing too much wrong, it, it, presum- it was given the man of the match award up in the lounges. So he came down with a bottle of champagne <laughs> and, he, and then uh, he was asked to go and do the press in there. Um, so uh, he started walking in and then, uh, quite rightly, the media team said, don't take the champagne. <laughs> that looked like you're celebrating. Come spraying that yeah. around. <laughs> imagine, I, I imagine he drank it on a train later. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now you're hoping. You hope. So I thought that penalty save. I mean, you heard it in Terry's commentary. I think he said, "Come on, let's go and take this by the neck, mm. scruff of the neck." Now you thought that could be a turning point, and maybe for five minutes the crowd got lifted. But was there any chances straight after that? Was, oh, it, was, was there any direction of play change? Maybe a couple of minutes, so. but without creating nothing. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think so. And it, yeah, usually things like that is when you have that momentum swing changes. And then you said the, the crowd get, you know, well, we've been given a lifeline here. Let's uh, go and make the most of it. We're at home. Let's put it on their toes. And uh, we didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> and there, yeah, we we, uh, we just huffed and puffed and do, didn't really um, do much else, which was mm. disappointing. Yeah, but, I mean, it got a bit niggly after. I mean, every time, mm. then, I mean, Ricky Holmes, I say, was running with the ball a lot and he wasn't getting much much change out of the ports of defence but they did as they started to tire and he kept running he kept getting fouled didn't he a couple of bookings were picked up against him he was then booked for trying to challenge the goalkeeper I didn't see it so I'm not really sure mm. if, uh, I, if I thought that was, was our shot, you know? yeah so yeah. did I yeah it's right in front of us it and looked a lot like the keeper sort yeah, of almost dived yeah. to start with and definitely didn't need I mean, to that is normally before. his job yeah, yeah. and that <laughs> other one that, who was it that Burgess the one, yeah. that, uh, the one when he went down after McGuinness Muscled him off the ball yeah. and he went down holding his face. Oh, that made me fuming. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so uh, but other than that sort of behaviour, we weren't mm. seeing much excitement. No. And then I think honestly, I think until you had to wait until the 89th minute to see our mm. our best chance. And th- th- this was interesting actually because uh, with, so with 20 minutes left, I looked down to the dugout and I saw two Charlton players stripped off and ready to go: yeah. Carlin Ahern Grant and Ben and Reeves. Ben Reeves yeah. Definitely saw Ben Reeves's name on the back of his shirt, so I knew yeah. he was stripped off and ready to come. So I even tweeted. Reeves and Ahern Grant about to come on. About five minutes later, Ahern Grant came on and Reeves sat back down. Now, I think, I so see, I haven't actually heard this particular line, but one of you two said mm-hmm. that apparently Cole said that he felt that Marshall would come back into the game for yeah. five minutes then. Okay. That's, that's, what, that's what he said in his uh, conference. But yeah, because I see him coming on, I thought we was going 4 4 2. That's what I thought, yeah. But, and then, yeah, um, then they told him to warm up because we had a corner. So then they started warming up. And then Reeves just went back, sat down in his chair. Um, I don't know if he was injured, but <laughs> but yeah, no. So uh, and then yeah, and then obviously Ahern Grant come on. 
and then he mm. st- he started. He went central, and then he went out wide. And but yeah, we 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 tried, but to no avail. Yeah, I mean, so like I say, the only chance we saw was mm. that that Leon best header right at the end, and mm. a, a cross in is the first time really that we won a header in their box and directed it towards goal. And it was a really good save, and you know denied us a, a point. But you know, uh, with with the passage of play, would a, would a point have been deserved overall, considering yeah. how frustrating? They'd made it for us? No, they, they'd managed the game well. As you say, they were starting to put niggly little fouls in and keep us away from their box. Um, they knew that if they gave a foul away anywhere wide, we were going to try and cross it in because we were trying to do that in open play anyway and they were ha- happy enough with that. So rather than let us get to the byline or try and get anywhere near the box, they'd just foul us and, and let us put a, a pretty poor cross in. Um, mm. And it was easy enough for McGee to collect. Um Obviously, as a Charlton fan, I'd have loved us to just nick it, nick it at the end and take a point. But I think that would have been harsh on Portsmouth because overall yesterday they were the better side and they deserved to win. As I say, yeah. probably only by the one goal. So I was glad the penalty was saved, but but they did deserve it. Now, so you look at the, the final score now, that means Portsmouth before the game was six points behind us. Very similar to the Peterborough game here a couple of mm. weeks ago. If we got, you know, it started off as a six point gap. It's gone down uh, to, to a three point gap now. Uh, if, if we If we could have... You know, if we could have scored then and just kept the gap as it was, but well, the thing is, when we were when we was messaging yesterday, I obviously said to you two, we're, we're only six points off second with a game in hand. Mm. So I'm looking up, whereas Nave's obviously looking down I'm and looking seeing down. that that points gap between seventh. So mm. I understand that point of view because at the moment we're in a bad run of form. But if we do get a win in our next game, and obviously a way to Blackburn, that the chances of that are slim. We're still in the hunt. Obviously, we'd love to be you know up in third and not be on such a bad run of form or, or even higher. Obviously, but. That's not the way it's fallen, but we are still in the hunt coming into Christmas. It's important we we rectify this quick so that when we get to January, Roland's got no excuse if he's still around to say, "Well, <laughs> you're out of the running. We're not going to give you any money." But it's you know, we are still there. Excuse, though, really, to be fair. <laughs> Probably not. No, <laughs> you know, Carl's talked for a while about players he's got lined up and stuff. It's important we mm. stick to that and we get those over the line. I mean, but at the same time, now we'll come out and talk about the the quotes that came out from the. I mean, we, when we were talking about trying to sign Leon Best about three or four weeks ago I remember asking Carl and he mentioned about youth team players and if, and then we were discussing well, is, it, is it a mind game and I mm. potentially heard elsewhere there might not have been a mind game he might have literally just been saying no use youth team players but some, somehow we've persuaded him I mean then Carl then said he got the phone call from Richard Murray to say he could sign yeah. it which is strange as well because um, Richard Murray isn't really involved in any official sense now other than you know, he's still he's still not, knocks about he's part of the yeah, director's box and stuff, but he's not, he's not even the non-executive chairman anymore, so why why he would need to get involved unless something slightly different to usual has happened is, is the question there. So in terms of <laughs> this run we're on now, with the squad we've got, with the injuries we've got at the moment, how do we turn it around? <sighs> exactly. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's difficult, but yeah, I'm not going to be too pessimistic because, listen, we've had a great season so far and we're in a better position than we were last year, so... Um, but that said, um, I'm looking down just because of the fixtures we've got coming up. So we've got Wigan and, Wigan and Blackburn. Blackburn have got that second spot still, right? They're on. They're yeah. on some crazy run at the moment. They're different. Different. Wigan's different gravy anyway, so they've got that one. So we have got those two games, and what I'm thinking is, if we lose both of those games, and then we've got a couple sandwiched in between, and then you've got the Portsmouth and the Peterborough who are winning, it's going to get tight. And I, I don't think unless we all all of a sudden we get everyone back fit. You know, back on form, I can see us not winning too many in the next couple, next few weeks, which is worrying me because January's still a long way off. Even though we're only a few weeks away from Christmas, we've still got a good three, four weeks away. I think um, one thing which has obviously caused a lot of controversy, but one thing that people seem to agree on is the spirit in the camp is good. 
they, they seem like a good group of players. I know straight after the game, a lot of people were saying, do, do they really care? I think they do. I think we've got mm. a good group. And like Nave says, I think we have had a good start to the season. My only worry is around the fact that we are still very one-dimensional. Um, and we need, partly to Carl, partly the players managing the game themselves, we need to find a way that if something isn't working, we find another way to play. Because we are a good team. Um, we can blow teams away but we need to be able to cope on the days where we're not able to do that. And at the moment, that's not what we, we can't seem I mean, to figure out. Two or out. three weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, when we were beating Wimbledon 1-0 and mm. grinding out results and, and stuff like that, then we were still sort of saying, you know, we can do that sort yeah. of stuff. But it's the last couple of games now. It's just uh, Yeah, we've not become a bad team overnight. We're, we're in a bad run of form. Everyone's going to have it. You know, Shrewsbury, how many games have they gone beaten? And now you're starting to see them fall a little bit. It, it's going to happen to everybody up there. As Nave said, Blackburn started the season poorly and then look at the run of form they're on. We do need to turn it around quick because we've got a lot of games coming up and they're against some of the big sides. But uh, you know, I think by the time we get to early January and we've had the next four or five games, if we're still in the top six or seven, I'd be very, very pleased. If we're down and we've dropped away, then I'd start to be a bit more concerned. Right, let's hear what Carl Robinson had to say after yesterday's defeat. He came in to speak to Terry here in the Channel Live studio. Carl, not a result we wanted on our 25th anniversary back, so uh, I, I imagine you and the, and the whole squad are deflated. I'm, I'm on the floor, I feel like I've let people down, and um, we feel, listen, I don't think not an effort, I thought we were, I mean, totally honest with our performance today, I think we huffed and we puffed, we dominated certain aspects of the game, but didn't create any chances, and I think when you don't create chances in football, it's always going to be hard to, to win, um, we've built a system to create chances and dominate the opposition, and today we're not creating enough. And uh, it was always going to, I mean, the first half an hour, I don't think Portsmouth even had a look in. Uh, but no. we, as you say, we did. You see how motivated the players were by the fans and the occasion. Um, but when you're that dominant, you've got to score. Now, we didn't create enough good chances to score, in my view. No. And uh, was when you see that happen, when you see that first half, or certainly the first half hour go by, and you, we've been dominant without really creating much. Is there that worry in the back of your mind that we're going to get punished? Yeah, but they, don't forget their goal comes from a free kick that the assistant referee used the closer one to it, give it to us, and the referee overruled them. So not they didn't create any chance. And the penalty, there was four instances in the first half where Josh McGinnis' shirt clearly pulled by their defender. And then obviously in the second half he gives it. So The other thing that, uh, and it's, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine, that um, we had to wait the best part of an hour probably longer than an hour before anybody gets pulled up for, for the continuous fouls on, on Ricky Holmes especially it's happened just Ricky, well, you know, we, we've had this conversation yeah. off air a number of times that we don't feel we're getting the consistency in some of the decisions and then, and then what sort of all off was listen, we're talking about the referee today and the most important thing is what the fans had 25 years ago and we didn't create enough chances to win the game for them that's the whole top and bottom yeah. of it let's, let's not def- let's not deflect here let's be honest we didn't play well we didn't play and create enough chances in our play so when you don't create chances you're not going to win yeah. Um, and that to me is that we've let people down but when the referee puts three minutes up I'll I'm bewildered by it I'm baffled by it especially when they're, they're two players in a penalty box down for what seemed longer than that in the first place he didn't have any time on for the penalty which was many many minutes for that the goal the substitutions the bookings listen I'm, I'm picking at things it's yeah, not yeah, fair it's not fair on the fans they don't need to hear me talking about petty things we didn't create enough chances today can I just then, then turn this around let's forget about the game if you like uh, but the, the day is an occasion uh, is uh, it, before uh, the is game something that's been, that you, the, the, the squad and yourselves are proud to be part of I, I'm immensely proud um, I think it was a day that I'll never forget for the rest of my life um, and the, the building up to the game was equally as, as equally as emotional um, to, to the movements of what people um, come together for 
all them years ago was is quite remarkable. And I think in some we looked at the, the players watched the DVD yesterday of of it, um, and I got every member of staff in into that into a room at three o'clock yesterday to also watch the just to let people know what these people really did and to see why they care so much for their football club. Um, I just gutted that we've lost, uh, but I don't think it'll ever happen again. I think we've become a commercial industry. Uh, where fans maybe feel they don't get the same voice what they once had, uh, but we but, but we appreciate them one hundred percent. We just hope that we are promoted now. That's all. We've got to be our objective. I think if you would say to me you will lose a day, but the twenty fifth anniversary celebration a year was successful. That's far more important than any one game. The most important thing today that we did celebrate that twenty five years ago and before the game from the upper singer to the academy players to the, the fans to the noise. I think you can see the first thirty minutes we were we were totally playing on the edge. We had not we were, we were right at it. I thought it was a very very good strong performance, but we didn't create enough chances to win today. Well, we go again. Obviously, we've got a tough one. <laughs> well, they're all tough, of course. But next Saturday, Blackburn, who are, who are flying at the minute, and so uh, it's not going to be an easy ride with injuries as well. So it's a case of having to get the uh, the players out there back off their uh, off to get the chins off the floor and, and yep. going again. That's what we have to do, my friend. The Silver's on the overlap. The Silver fall into the box. Looking for McGinnis. Gets his head there, but just skips off his head, in fact. And slowly will pick it up on the far side. Chip ball banging in the box. Headed clear. Drops to Ricky. Oh, he's in a chance. Oh, what a cracker. Oh, Ricky Hines on a belter there. Absolute stalker of a shot. Put my heart on the line for you. Welcome back to what? Charlton Live. There's something, there's something wrong with one of our carts there. So the Ricky Holmes commentary sounded really weird there. So apologies for that. Um, that was uh, Carl Robinson. Uh, you're smiling about something, Nate. I'm like, I just finished the Craig you, David song. Didn't you hear him sing but, live? <laughs> it was awful. Listen, listen back. You'll hear, you'll hear that. <laughs> oh, no, that little treat that. for everyone. <laughs> Too busy apologise. Right, now I'll have to apologise for that as well. Um, apologies for Tom singing. Uh, Carl Robinson there after yesterday's game um I mean, what did you, i mean uh, what, what did you make of his reaction to the game nathan you obviously mm. listened to that and you you heard his press conference as well when mm. i spoke to him i only spoke to him very briefly yesterday but he sort of, he he pointed out like normally we create a mischance just say we created nothing mm. um and that i mean that was the case we weren't creating anything and that's why everyone's frustrated at full time and disappointed in, with the performance because we didn't create anything yeah no he was um he was you know he was honest like he usually is he you know he said that he felt let down and he um, he'd, let, he'd, he'd let us down yeah it? and he said and he did say that we, we you know we didn't create anything and exactly what we've said on the show so far that they're an organized team and we just couldn't do it which was disappointing so I mean, it's worrying as well yeah. because i mean we we do need to we know we're going to have games like that where it's not going to happen. And like I say against Wimbledon a couple of weeks ago, it was it was similar, probably similar. Like we weren't creating too much struggling, and then but we have a moment of brilliance. Whereas yesterday we didn't have a moment of brilliance at all. And I think like what I find difficult is he is honest, and I think we as fans on the whole appreciate that. But he comes out and says you know where we've struggled, but we've picked that apart, and we're none of us are football managers, and we can tell. But what he needs to be able to do is then find a way to put it right. And as I think you've alluded to, and we all have, he doesn't seem to, for me, have a plan B. And if it is, it's like for like. You know, the games last season, if we take Northampton, which me and Nath were at, and you know, was was just a terrible game. He was bringing like for like on up front. He wasn't switching the formation. He wasn't changing the pattern of play. He was just bringing on a sub. You know, to to replace someone who plays in that position, and 
like yesterday, why didn't he go four four two? Why didn't he try playing through the middle instead of getting down the flanks? You know, why didn't he? I don't know, double up on one flank when we were trying to go down the side or overlap or there wasn't anything else other than what we were doing from the start of the game, and that that's a concern. Mm. Now the tweet started flying in like uh, yesterday, basically. I was going to say the minute long after today's show. Uh, no, Giza says, I know you Charlton Live people think Robinson is the nuts, but come on, ask Terry if that was worthy of 1992. And obviously, uh, Terry isn't here. Uh, he's coming to the dinner later, but he's not here this afternoon. But, um, you know, we, are, we do praise Carl on this show, especially when things have been going well. Uh, but at the same time, no one's going to say yesterday was a performance that was worthy of the, the occasion. No one's going to say that. No, not at all. And yeah, we, we praise Carl because he deserves praise because he's done, he's, he's, he's done a good job so far, in my opinion, anyway. But. Um, but, but yesterday, look, yesterday, yeah, you, but yesterday you needed to pull something out of the yeah, fire and it didn't happen. Exactly. Me and Tom, we've all said it today and we've said it before that when it, when the going gets tough and we need to change it up, he doesn't do it. And, you know, that's, that's down to him. He gets paid to make those decisions. We don't agree with it. But yesterday it needed something. It needed some sort of impetus. And you've got a guy with Carlin who splits opinion. But the guy, you know, he, the kid's just got three and three or four and four. Whether it's mm. give him a go. He's going to be sky high on confidence. Give him a go. Play him alongside McGuinness. Give the other two centre halves the same to think about. So there's a big question because we know for a fact that Cole likes this formation and he likes playing one up top. Yet on days like yesterday, McGuinness looks completely isolated and he got a lot of stick on Twitter yesterday. But name one chance. Name one chance that he had and missed. Mm. I can't think of any. Absolutely. I think, yeah, nobody had a good game yesterday apart from maybe Ben Amos. But well, he, he, he was quite a clinical with the uh, own goal. Yeah, it was a brilliant finish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he didn't have uh, enough service. He didn't have the chances. We said Ricky Holmes was frustrated because he was just running into trouble. He wasn't passing enough. Marshall didn't get in the game until late on, really. Um, Ahern Grant, when he came on, I think had that one cross. I think he crossed it for best, didn't he? So yeah, we just didn't create enough chances. And there are games where McGuinness goes missing. There are games where he, he misses chances, like the Plymouth game early on in the season. So sometimes I think the criticisms deserve. But on the whole, especially on a game like yesterday, he just he just didn't have the chances. And yeah, like like Nate said, I don't I don't necessarily think we do we do think uh, that Carl Robinson's the nuts. But I think we we do like him on the whole, and I think he is he is a good manager. He just. <coughs> Even last season, when he didn't have the players for four five one, eventually he admitted it, and he did play four four two towards the end of the year. Now he's got his players; he wants to try and stick it to that formation. But the truth is, sometimes you've got to try and change it up. And mm. I agree with Nath. I think Craig just tweeted in pretty pretty much what I was saying about Robinson doesn't want to and won't play that. But he also says we don't have the strikers for four four two, and that's that's probably what I'm going to say as well. Because I mean, yeah, Carl, I mean, we're talking about Carlin in good form, banging in goals now. It's nice to see. In fact, I noticed yesterday when he came on, I I, I kept my eyes on him because I wanted to see if what I thought about him last week about him getting towards the edge of the six yard mm. box was true. And the ball went out wide, and I watched him. And I saw him go straight there to the edge. Uh, didn't come to him unfortunately but yeah. um, but he's right I, I mean there's no way that Carlin would play that one up top on his own no mm. way no, no but, way he'd be strong enough but also look at the bench like I know Kenny Jackett's come out and said our squad is vast but the side we played in the, the checker trade was mainly youth teams uh, youth players sorry and when you look along this you've got Konza you've got Arebo you've got De Silva okay, who's not our youth but is a youngster you've got Solly who's come through our youth and then on the bench you've got the likes of Hearn Grant and Lennon so, mm. and, and Dylan Phillips so we're not a massive squad, and when you look at that bench, even as a manager, even if he doesn't want to go four four two, he's not got a lot of options really. He's got Best Reeves and Ahern Grant, okay, but Best we've basically got because we couldn't get anybody else on a short term. Ahern Grant's come through the youth, albeit he's on a great run of form. Ben Reeves still hasn't really settled into a Charlton shirt, so 
you know, it's not like we're bringing Lionel Messi off off the mm. bench. You know, we haven't got those players, and they bring on someone like Carl Bennett, who who changes the game, and we haven't really at the moment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Moment got enough people like that. I think Nicky Ajose, that was a game that Nicky Ajose, I know I wasn't his biggest fan, but there's a game, something, if you went 4-4-2, yeah. if you had a Joe, imagine if you had a Jose and... and Best or, or McGuinness mm. up front. That'll give you enough ideas to try and fathom something. Because he said, we went 1-0 down. And you remember when he took cash off? He's like, there's no point losing 1-0. You've got to go for it if, even if you lose 2-0. Yeah. Why didn't you do that yesterday? Well, didn't he? He took a rebo off for CAG about 10 minutes later. That was the first time yeah. where the yeah. formation started to change. Yeah. yeah. And by then it was too late. I mean, yeah. I've been uh, uh, playing as Charlton on FIFA recently and got to the second season and uh, Jose's back off loan and Vettikele's back off loan. Obviously, it's a game situation. It's not the real thing and we know how they perform when they were here. Yeah. But you look at those strikers and it's the same problem we come back to at the start of the season. We got strikers. Okay, they weren't brilliant when they were here, but we've put them out on loan and we haven't really got anyone here. It's funny, actually, and this isn't the Instagram story I was expecting to be talking about, but um, Instagram... <laughs> Uh, Veta Kelly's been putting lots of Charlton stuff on his Instagram stories recently. Really weird. Here we go. Yeah, he's back. That's how. So he's 100 percent coming back. Yeah. That is uh, exclusive. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. No. So but it's just weird. I just know he's. And it, and it is a bit of a silly point because yeah. obviously it is only a video game. But my, the point is, we've got those strikers and and they're just not here at the moment. And they but might people, not even I mean, be doing people, well people where they are. Ignored Veta because he had a good yeah. three months. Yeah. And ever but since then, then he could barely walk. No. Exactly. And a Jose obviously never made it here. But like Nave says, a game like yesterday to have someone like that on the bench, it, it might not be a bad thing. It's better than having to rely on a youth team player however but, well he's playing at, at the, the same time I think it's probably fair to say the uh, old uh, the old wives tale of a player always improves when yeah. he doesn't play for you 100%. always without without fail and the second he comes back oh he's rubbish right, Dan, thing, to do, Green, right thing to do would have been to buy a striker in January yeah. we didn't do that and look where we are yeah should have thought of that at the time yeah. uh, Chrissy says uh, Robinson is good with a press and reportedly a good man manager but only has one plan and zero tactical now so that's quite an interesting one because I remember talking about Russell Slade uh, last year and talking about how I remember I decided and therefore it's correct that there's only two strands of management in football there's man management and there's game management so how you get your players motivated and in line so not you know, not misbehaving but in line and motivated and happy and how you manage a game in terms of tactics and I always said that you know, I think Carl's excellent at the first one in, in, in particular and now he has to prove himself to, to a lot of fans in the second one because people like you know when we're winning games you don't go you, no one goes you know, or, uh, questions about the tactics because you won the game. But when you lose a game, people might say, "Well, actually, if we change that," and that's what that's what people are picking up when we don't win games and how he turns that around. Now, the man management thing—I'm not—I'm not worried about players being too down. 
Uh, not at all, actually. I haven't seen the <laughs> video, but you know, but you don't want them to. You don't want them to be too too down because they're, if they're too down after one defeat, then they'll they'll drag on. Uh, but the same, so I think Kyle will be able to pick him up. He'll he'll, he'll just have to think now. Well, how can what can I do differently? And he's done it before this season. We went four games without a win after losing to Gillingham and to Wigan, uh, and he, and he'll have to do it again, which we we hope to see. Um, F James says a uh, great occasion yesterday. I can't get it. I can't get why the go uh, why from the get go has gone from our play. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> yes, the Pompey goal came from a featherlight challenge, and the pen save was great. Uh, we need to get our spark back, and pretty mm. soon. But where do we strengthen? Forward striker Matty Godden. <laughs> Everyone loves a bit of Matty Every Godden. Every time you like something on uh, yeah. Twitter, people go into. Well, it's because he's a Charlton fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine if you're sitting there and Charlton fans are tweeting, going, "I'd love you to play for us." But oh, that's nice. Like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, though. Of course. We're Charlton fans. Yeah. We could play up top. Um, maybe not yeah, some people would say it'd be better than McGuinness <laughs> I think uh, yeah we do need another striker I think yeah. we need another defensive midfielder and I yeah. still think we need someone else in those either winger or number 10 roles because okay we have got a lot of them but we need someone who's a bit different so in the middle you've got Clark and Reeves who are different players and can interchange but you put Fossil or Holmes on they're, they're going to do the same sort of thing we need options out wide uh, I'd like to see one more there as well yeah. uh, Alison Sampson said I think a summary of today's game uh, goes like this no fight uh, and then uh, London Nick Geezer again he was clearly um, he wasn't happy with the performance yesterday he says I have no problem in losing but a lack of effort was unacceptable I really hope Charlton Live don't dress it up as one of those days slag them off uh, that was, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel there was a lack of effort mm. I think there was a lack of maybe endeavour and a lack of creativity and a lack of ideas that cost us yesterday mm. I think they tried they kept running in Ricky Owens was getting kicked off the pitch but it didn't mean he played well he tried it, nothing mm. came off yesterday mm. yeah no I agree I agree. Uh, pardon the pun no, we didn't think out of the box enough yesterday but we didn't, didn't get in it either yeah. <laughs> exactly but we didn't <laughs> it was like we've said it a couple of times we was trying it was same as the um the the Peterborough game when we kept doing the same thing down the left hand flank the same 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 eventually it worked for us obviously that day but yesterday we were trying the same same thing but it was wasn't coming off and we just didn't know what to do there was yeah. but I, yeah I can't fault the effort I mean I've never I mean Ricky Holmes will always put a shift in and I think yeah. a lot of them did I just think we missed. I think we missed the Ahmed big time. Mm. They put the effort in almost in the yeah. wrong way, didn't they? They ran yeah. themselves into the ground, I think, but yeah. they were just it was all down blind alleys. They weren't they weren't getting anything out of it. And and that was that was the criticism. I think we have been critical of the team and said it it wasn't a good performance. But um I think the the work ethic was there. It was just uh misjudged. Uh ta- Tandy says, uh, we never really got a foothold in the game, in my opinion. Uh, we are a bit of a bad form now, but we're still sixth in the league. We'll happily take a draw away an informed Blackburn next week, and hopefully we will go on a run from there. We've got to stay positive. And John uh, Agambar says, we've got to learn how to break down a deep-lying defence, but I'm still hopeful. And that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly, like I say, maybe a month ago, we were playing defences that were difficult to break down, but we are just finding a little bit of something you know, Ricky Holmes free kicking against Wimbledon, all those two goals we scored in two minutes against South End when what not much was coming off for us that day. Um we just we need to regain that confidence or that I don't know what it is, to to, to be able to do that uh or just you know just just in that moment when it comes. Uh Paul Williams says we might I might as well get my message in now. So he sent this at ten to five yesterday, just for the game of finish, because I think it was he, he felt like much like you, Nathan, who ended up leaving a couple of minutes early that we weren't getting back into it, you could tell. Mm. Uh Paul Williams said, Well might as well get my message in now. Said nothing all season, but sitting here now at the valley nineteen eighty uh, in eighty five minutes gone. The goalkeeper we have playing at number nine is our massive problem. So obviously McGuinness used to be a goalkeeper uh, who don't get the reference uh, unless he has changed or allowed to be changed 
changed. We need to give up this season. I'd love to be proved wrong. Come on, you Reds. I mean, it's easy, easy to forget the amount of goals Josh was scoring at this first part of this season. He got 10 last season, which for one of our strikers is pretty good, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that, which I will say. But, I mean, no one's going to look at yesterday and think he set the world alight. But at the same time, no chances, no, no, no one feeding in the ball, no service whatsoever. You know, I probably would have done a very similar job up front yesterday because the ball didn't really go near him that much. Yeah, I think I completely agree. And, and as I said earlier, he he has had bad games, like the game against Plymouth, where he had chances and he should yeah. have put them away. But yesterday wasn't one of those. And I do, I do feel for him a little bit. I think he he does become a bit of a scapegoat in the games where he don't score because uh, in a lot of them it is down to the service. You know, Ricky Holmes, as I said yesterday, just kept running into blind alleys and and either running into three or four Pompey players or getting fouled and winning a free kick, which then came to nothing. But as I say, I'm not here to, to stick up for McGuinness's performance yesterday because it was in line with everybody else and it was pretty poor. But, you know, he does score a lot of goals, or not a lot of goals, but for a Charlton striker, as you say, he does get his goals. Um, and he the work he does to bring those other three into play as well. You think of the, the goals Fossey was getting early in the season and, and Ricky, a lot of those come down to the work that he does and he drags players around and he works his, works his behind off up there. So... Um, yeah, it's frustrating. It would be great to have a second striker so that when he's not having a good day, either we put someone else alongside him or we bring him off. But on the whole, I think he, his, some of the criticism of him is harsh. Yeah, much like Leon Best is actually our second striker. We, yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen much of him yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Josh has missed chances. We're not, we're not going to shoot no, the and say no, didn't. he hasn't missed chances over the last few weeks. He's dreadful miss at AFC Wimbledon. That perhaps shows where his frame yeah, of mind is. Yeah. And he does need, I think it might be fair to say, I've seen people say he needs a rest. I think that's probably fair because he gets battered on his own up top for 90 minutes every game. And while, while some people are having a week off during the international break, he's still playing. Mm. While other yeah. people are able to to have a you know a, a couple of days, obviously got the disappointment of that as well, which I, I don't know how much that will weigh on his mind or not. Yeah. But. Um, the on the emails, Chris Davin said the game finished three hours ago, and I still haven't calmed down. That is the best. If that is the best effort the Charlton can put in, then I may as well give up. It was pathetic. It was rubbish. Is all I can say. Today of all days, that's the best we can do. Heartbroken me at this pathetic display. They couldn't even be bothered to try than just leave. I've been going down the valley for forty-five years, and today was the pits. No positives whatsoever from today's useless display against a poor Portsmouth team. Uh, Robinson and his fanboy boys uh, may as well leave. Uh, simple. That's from from, from Chris Davin. I think. Uh, well, that, that's, I think that summed up the, the way the majority of people felt at full mm. time yesterday. Mm. Was it was a poor performance. There was there was uh, you know, the only positive I can take from it was Ben Amos's excellent penalty save, and we all felt like that at full time. I think I think that's uh, yeah. uh, the the case. Um, Mark Newbury. Uh, said uh, evening chaps uh, evening Mark we'll be seeing you at the dinner in a couple of hours time says, uh, is he cooking yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's his job uh, pers- personally I'll be uh, I'd be dropping Josh and Marshall for best and CAG and freshen it up a bit thought that low for them was the best player he was one of the yeah. wingers wasn't he and uh, on the pitch uh, and was doing what we need our wingers to do Pittman is an old head and thought that Conzer and Nabs did well to keep him quiet I think we needed to give our subs longer time to make an impact so almost pointless changing it so long Aribo did well in the first half but faded in the second uh, and I'm still going back to why I have Jacko on the bench he's our top valley scorer since the return and capable of a late winner uh, but he just he's just keeping a tracksuit warm on the side. Fingers crossed Fosu gets back earlier than hope. See you in a bit. That's from Mark. Now, I mean, with Jacko, I mean, the reason, arguably the reason he's on the bench is because, we've, because of the injuries we've got at the moment. He probably, he probably wouldn't be if it, if it wasn't for that, would it? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I don't think he'd be, uh, he'd put himself on the um, bench. I don't think Jacko's like that. But, um, 
yeah, it just shows um, how much we're sort of struggling in that area at the moment. And obviously, Joe Rebo came in yesterday, but I don't see Joe as a defence, uh, sort of sort of deeper line player. I see him more as an advanced player. Um, so yeah, we're struggling. We're struggling in that. But yeah, I mean, ten, five, ten, five years ago, that would have been perfect for Jacker to play in there, but. He, you obviously can't do it anymore I still think there's no harm in bringing him on in a game like that for the last five minutes because mm. we get a corner or something like that you never know what yeah, you can do you gamble on him it, it's, a, it's a last resort but it is a last mm. resort that in the past has paid off and isn't down to his fitness or his age so yeah, London and Giza said the players don't care they proved that yesterday not fit to lace the team of 92's boots they sweat in blood for the cause no they weren't uh, email in from Matthias hi lads I went to the game on Saturday and the game uh, it was a poor game considering it was the 25th anniversary of being back at the Valley I expected a better performance Josh McGuinness was poor I've seen graves that are more mobile than he is <laughs> Uh, he should be taken off. Best had the same service and he was only on the pitch for five minutes. Robinson should have changed it earlier. I was a bit disappointed with the attendance yesterday. Only 12,000 Charlton fans, yeah, because it's 16,000 and something plus the 4,000 Pompey. Uh, considering it was a big day, I expected better in terms of numbers. Uh, noise was great, however, I think Portsmouth provided most of the atmosphere. Uh, that's from uh, Matthias. Thanks for your email, Matthias. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll quick touch upon the crowd. Yes, I did think the atmosphere was excellent yesterday, mm. other than the clappers, which were quite annoying. Yep. Uh, and why they put those on the press seats, I don't know, because, I mean, that totally ruined in my, my broadcasting there. They kept going, Louis, what's that noise? So I was just yeah, clapping along. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, obviously, Portsmouth bought numbers as well, and they were very vocal. And what, what most of you wouldn't have seen, because I had to stay in my seat for about 15 minutes or 10 minutes after the game, is there was a, a group of about 150 Portsmouth fans who just refused to leave. They're just standing in the chairs, singing and dancing. They might be the same lot that were on a train from Cannon Street earlier. Yeah, well, what were they up to? They were just on good form. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah these Portsmouth fans. So, like, while well, well, all the normal people had gone to the pub to celebrate their win in the away end, they were staying there in the stand in the empty stadium. It's like, yeah, yeah, he loses. You're just annoying the stewards for no reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought I thought the atmosphere was good. I mean, the people. I know it's a couple of people saying they're disappointed with the crowds I mean we know why that is because yeah. of Roland <laughs> yeah I think if he wasn't here I don't know necessarily what it was sold out but it would have been very very close mm. um, you know for such a big occasion we would have sold thousands more tickets mm. well, and, and possibly on the same subject um, the half time presentation yesterday uh, <laughs> yeah, I great this. to see so many so, legends uh, on the pitch <laughs> absolutely brilliant all of them were all of them yeah slight I mean there, there was just a little one I thought hang on what are you doing there <laughs> what's Katrine doing on the pitch at half time while the legends were on the pitch because I mean if I were her I would have just stayed away and just let the Charlton no. enjoy Charlton like <laughs> no. why, why, would you, why would she do that she has to be involved, doesn't she? That's, you know, she's part. She's part of the I mean, she's, club, the, she's, she's the CEO of the football club, which we can't forget. And she's, you know, she's in that job. She, you know, she, she is the CEO of the football club. At most football clubs, the CEO of the football club will be welcomed onto the pitch to hand out stuff to legends mm. and stuff. But just in, I mean, it, it wound a lot of people up mm. the wrong way. Yes, and just with the circumstances we're in, if I was asked to advise on that, I would have said, nah. You think as well, like. Sad. This season in particular, her and Roland, I know Roland's been quiet, if you like, for a while, but she she hasn't been in, in the public eye as much. And, you know, when you've got someone like Richard Murray on the board, who I know some people have turned against him in recent years, but did a lot in terms of the back to the valley, you'd think he, he could be in a position to go down there and do it. We've got Keith Peacock, who's always around, who could, you know, I don't know if he was out there. It was anyway. one of the, it okay. was introduced yeah, so he couldn't do it. Yeah, but, so. you know, there are people around the club who maybe could have done it as well, but. Yeah, it is what it is. I was mm. inside, so luckily missed that bit. But. Hmm. Must see Clive, though. 
It's really nice to see Club and Donk again. Oh yeah, brilliant! I mean, he was here at the Legends yeah. game as well. I mean, I say the 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 celebrations yesterday. I thought mm. having. I mean, there's you know you get the opera singer, which I quite enjoyed. The Steel Band. Hardly anyone saw the Steel Band because they were on about half two. But I quite enjoyed that as well. Um, getting Legends out is always a you know a good thing. I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing the Legends. Um, it's just a shame it was all wasted, really. It yeah. was, I mean, we got it was, the, dinner, we got it was the, the ninety dinner. minutes in the middle yeah, that, that kind of really, let everyone yeah, else yeah. down. But I do think, yeah, the rest of it was handled very well. And mm. yeah, the atmosphere before the game was amazing when all the the youth team players were out there and everyone was waiting for the teams. It, it was amazing. And you, I was one of the people who walked up to the ground and heard all that and thought, well, we can't lose. You know, how can that? How can you not put on a performance? And Charlton found a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, now um, after yesterday's game, I wanted to I, I had to pop into Crossbars to grab an interview with someone. Which we're going to hear Vince. We're going to hear from him later on in the show. But whilst I was in there, uh, a young lad called Josh came up. Uh, he was a, a young lad. If I had to guess, seven or eight, nine, ten, something along those lines. I probably I, I'm, I'm not very good at guessing. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, somewhere between zero and I don't know twenty-one, fifty. <laughs> but um, but he was he was a young lad and he wanted to be interviewed. Um, so I just asked him for his view on the game and you, and, you know. Us old old heads, you know, we, we get old and we get frustrated and we just blurt things out, but not Josh. This is what Josh had to say. Josh, what did you think of the performance? Terrible. He didn't like it. It was terrible. <laughs> right, let's have a quick break here on uh, on Charlton Live. When we come back in the second half of the show, um, we're going to talk about uh, one more email about a train journey and then we're going to focus on the Back to the Valley 25 years ago. Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left hand side, they're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got it, yes! There's number three! Welcome back to Charlton Live, stop doing impressions of fellow journalists. Um, I'll leave you guys out there to guess which one Nathan was doing an impression of, but he covers Charlton Athletic. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, London Nick Geezer says uh, uh, should have made it football for a five year and not made it a gold game ridiculous £23 now see I know that someone suggested or it was suggested by someone within the club and I, don't, I can't remember exactly who and it was uh, to say well why don't you make the tickets the same price as it was in 1992 which would have been about 12 quid, I think and that was like no no we'll make it a gold game <laughs> so that was uh, a shame uh, and and uh, uh, Brandon Smith says Josh for assistant manager along with Jacko next season uh, is that is his way of trying to get McGuinness not to play or something I don't know but oh no he means the guy mean the fan? Yeah. Yeah. oh yeah I forgot his name was Josh wasn't he? <laughs> well, I should pay more attention to my own show uh, right on the on the um, on uh, yesterday right here we go let's do, let's let's get this out of the way and I, I was see I was I was quite oblivious of this last night because I'm not really massively on Instagram I've got a page but I only follow about three people. Um, and then after the game yesterday, I had a quick drink with some mates, and I went. I just went around to my nan's house. So I was not on Twitter. I was not in getting involved in anything. So I only really looked at Twitter properly when I was climbing into bed last night. I just climbing? Went, yeah, I have a massive bed. Yeah. <laughs> in a treehouse. Yeah, I, yeah. I live in a bunk bed. <laughs> and, um, uh, and I just got my phone out. I just checked my correspondence before I go to sleep, and um, checked the Charlton Live account. And we're copied into a tweet from someone saying, "I hope Charlton Live pick up on this tomorrow." And I clicked on it. It was on this massive long thread. I was like, oh, I'll read back through this. And I, was, I scrolled all the way to the top. And there was this video. And I watched it. And I was like, oh, no. 
Uh, now we have to talk about this. So basically, the video was from Lewis Page's Instagram story, I think. Uh, not knowing exactly how these things work, but basically, um, I mean, I, I knew because I was in the tunnel after yesterday's game, and all the players were grabbing suitcases. So I said, "Where are they off to?" So they're going up to Newcastle. So like, Newcastle tonight. Like I can, I can be ba- barely be bothered to go to Blackheath on a yeah. Saturday night. But they're going all the way to Newcastle. This is their Christmas party. Uh, obviously being planned a long way in advance they're all going on the train up to Newcastle and I assume staying a couple of nights um, now the video that we were copied into to have a look at was a video from Lewis Page's Instagram story and it was the lads on the train uh, singing Twist and Shout they were a few beers they were you know, enjoying their Christmas party on the way up to uh, Newcastle now obviously at full time after a game like that everyone's very, very disappointed everyone's very frustrated uh, and uh, there was a, f- a few things knocking about on Twitter and then we and we got this email from Craig Elliott who said uh, absolutely disgusted by the clips I've seen of the players uh, out on the lash okay I get it Christmas parties etc but they're not on their way to Newcastle uh, for an Exodus do that's a bit of a way to go seeing as we're away to Blackburn next Saturday I mean in the fact that you have to take into consideration they're all going to be hung over then travel back rest etc it's not on after a performance like that what was Lewis Page doing there he was in a protective boot on Saturday uh, but that's okay, he's fit enough to go out on the lash. Uh, uh, it's a disgrace. They should be ashamed of themselves. If Roma was there, then that's worse because of all the rubbish he was saying after the game uh, about the players are on the floor, they're gutted, etc. He's taken us for mugs, uh, that, that he says, because it, it feels like it. Now, there's so much to... I mean, everyone's disappointed at full time, granted... 100% disappointed. I mean, I was I was in that tunnel. And, you know, I see the players coming in and out. They were. They, it's not like they're all dancing around then. They were all pretty glum. They're all heads down and heading out. And now, but obviously, like I said, Christmas do we know it's planned for ahead of time. I think you know they're not going to not go on the Christmas do. And I think we sort of said it earlier. We can't. I mean, we're all disappointed after a defeat. You can't just try and remain as disappointed as possible forever. Mm. Go on, I think what what should have happened is go on your Christmas do don't put it on Twitter <laughs> don't put it on Instagram just keep it keep it in house you know and and then you don't get that sort of reaction really do you no exactly and I think yeah I mean I've, when I saw it I thought it was quite funny personally but um, it's just having a bit of banter on their Christmas do yeah they shouldn't but I agree completely they should, Lewis probably shouldn't have put it on his story let's get that straight but um, he did <laughs> and obviously I don't, I'm not surprised that the reaction because I know straight after a game where it meant a lot to a lot of people um, yeah it probably didn't go down very well but um, yeah they can't, they can't cancel their do and you know it's just one of those things but we all live and learn don't we it's, um, it's the timing as well um, mm. I think Ricky's posted a photo of three of them in fancy dress I don't know if he posted it later last night or this well, no, morning so, yeah, so Rick, I mean, Rick, Ricky Holmes has posted a photo of three of them all yeah. dressed up as only four and else's they, they all look great it's brilliant and he, uh, and he posted you, it this afternoon and you look at the comments and yeah. everyone's saying that's quality everyone's that's really funny it, yeah. I think yeah it was it's poorly judged from Lewis I think in terms of them going to their Christmas do drinking singing on the train enjoying themselves I've got no problem with any of that I think filming it and putting it out there when you know Charlton fans have been waiting for this day for a long long time and they're all going to see it. I think that's a bit ill-judged, probably. Um, but, yeah, as you say, they'll, they'll live and learn. Um, I have no problem with them actually going, celebrating their you know, Christmas due and, and all of that. And as you say, they're not going to change the date. Um, I'm sure they were gutted about the performance. But, 
as I say, it does show the unity of the group that they're then going and they're they're bonding and they're they're having that night out. So it's a funny thing, really. But psychologically, if it's so like we're all disappointed after yesterday's game, but what, what did you guys do at full time? I went, I went and spoke to Vince in crossbars. Did an interview in there, and then my mates were in there, so I had a pint. And what mm. did we, we didn't well, we sit around and moan about the performance. Do you know what else we did? We sit about. Oh, do you remember when yeah. we went to Blackburn last season? This funny thing happened. We were yeah. sitting there laughing and having fun and picking ourselves back up because well, you can't stay down yeah. like that. And I mean, for us, we're not the ones who then have to go and play again this mm. week. I mean, if they stay down for three or four days after that, yeah. then yeah, Carl would have a nightmare trying to pick them up. I, I, I had plans to go out last night. Uh, it didn't happen, but not because I went, oh, I'm not coming out, I'm too miserable. It just didn't happen. But I would have happily Missed gone out. Missed to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have gone out and had a few drinks and tried to forget about the game and enjoy myself because... As a fan, that that's what I wanted to do. Obviously, I got home and I was as annoyed as everyone else because the performance wasn't good enough and it was a, a massive letdown after so much build-up. But you you do have to to get on with it. You know, the players if they can just put it behind them and move on, it's probably the best way to look at it because you don't want them coming in on Monday morning and moping around because, mm. as you say, that makes Carl's job that bit harder. I agree with a, a lot of the anger in terms of seeing it when when you get home after a, a defeat like that and and you then see them all out like that. Um, but, you know, as I say, hopefully they will learn from that. But being young footballers, you, it's just what they do, don't they? It's social media. Me and Nath were talking in the car on the way here about um, the last time something similar happened to this. Now, you remember Alan McCormick? We had, uh, he was, uh, in fairness, he went, on to have, he went on to play quite well for Brentford. I think he's left there now. Yeah. But um, he, he was a good player for Brentford. Didn't really, didn't really click. Not so much for us. Yeah, uh, at us. But I remember, I think it was the game we lost to Swindon, the one that Park ended up getting sacked after. It might have been a different one, but it was a, a poor performance. But that day, just so happened to be his other half, like it was an anniversary or a birthday or something. So that evening for dinner, he took her to the Oxo Tower in London, oh, which is quite posh. Can't do that, can you, after a defeat? <laughs> yeah. So, like, but that's the thing, like, so, so imagine, imagine he gets home from, from work that day. All right, all right, love. Yeah, oh, she's all dressed up, ready to go. She's got the makeup on, all the nice dress, got the, the heels on, everything. You ready? You've got, got the tables booked for nine o'clock. I said, ah, oh, we lost, sorry. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, that's not how life works, okay? I mean, we're all frustrated, and Lewis Page probably shouldn't have put it on Twitter, on, mm. on to Instagram, or whatever it was. We all know that, but at the same time, life goes on, and e- even if, you know, even if life didn't, I mean, Losing a game of football, it's, it's hugely frustrating. We're in a bit of bad run of form, but what we don't want is a training ground that's moping week week on, week off after we've lost a game. You know, you mm. pick yourselves up, have your fun. It's a Christmas party. It's your work Christmas party. Go and have your fun, and that's it. Pick yourselves mm. up for the next game. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. I mean, right, listen, when we lose a game of football, I'm probably one of the worst. I'll get in my car and I'll start swearing to myself with no one there, and I'll say, have, have a sulk, I'll get in. The missus will know if we've won or lost just by looking at me when I come in. But then, like you say, you just get on with it. You got next game, and listen, we we all have bad days, or whatever we do. But then you you go you go out and you enjoy yourself and just try and stay positive. Because if we put a bit of realism in it, yeah, it was bad yesterday, but we're not sitting bottom of the league with no wins this season. We're still in a good position, and we've still got to try and keep positive about things because it's been a lot worse in recent years so mm. I think we just need to try and be a bit realistic but that, again you know people entitled to have their views which I know I'm, I'm some people, a lot of people disagree with me but you know it's just one of them things but we've done alright so far yeah uh, the only point from Craig's email that, that I certainly will agree with is going all the way to Newcastle well, come on lads it's mad isn't it I'm mean, yeah. surprised by that these guys are much more job, yeah, these, yeah. these guys are much more hardcore than I am <laughs> yeah. I can barely be bothered to go to the pub down the end of my road sometimes yeah. right let's have a quick break when we come back we will focus on the more uh, fun aspects of the uh, the 25th return to the valley 
overlap and chooses to use him. Holmes uses him decoy. Crosses now in towards McGuinness. Headed away. Now it's come to Fosu in the penalty area. Fosu, little step over. Fosu onto his left foot. Tariq Fosu still. Yeah, oh, what a finish. Tariq Fosu, great work to come inside onto his left foot. Couple of step overs, worked a bit of space. His reverse shot past Cairns and Charlotte back ahead. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, uh, WSA on the Charlton Live forum says that Carl Robinson needs to listen to Charlton Live. Yes. I, I agree with him. Yeah. I agree that as well, yeah. And he certainly wouldn't be the first manager in uh, mm. in history to listen to Charlton Live. Carol Fry famously... reckon he'd say we were good? Yeah, Carol Fry famously <laughs> used to listen to Charlton Live and that's why after a while he wouldn't speak to me. Mm. Excellent. Uh, right. Might be why he lost his job. Yeah, uh, you should be. Uh, right, um, do you think being subscribed to Charlton Live is like... If you don't do that, you should be sacked. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, well, hit subscribe, Carl. Um, <laughs> <if you> saw <laughs> this. Uh, right, yesterday was, of course, the twenty-fifth anniversary of the return to the Valley. Um, uh, despite the performance and the result, there was aspects of the day which I really enjoyed. I thought the anniversary kit looked really good. I know it's a very expensive kit, and that's a problem for. A, you know, that's a, a disappointment how expensive it is and I'm a, I'm a mug because I got one yeah me too uh, yeah and um, uh, I thought I enjoyed the rosettes from card the valley party rosettes and I think we'll talk about the valley party in a minute as well because that's you know that's the biggest part of it for me the valley party is the fact that they 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 were the ones as far as I'm concerned they're, they're the most amazing display of fan power uh, the most unrelenting fan campaigner that I think English football probably has ever seen mm. uh, maybe well actually maybe a couple of others will, will, will come close to it but not in the sense of uh, you know just terms of what the fans had to fight for um uh there was other the, the opera singing that sort of stuff's always good always good fun and like i say the legends uh so th- there were good aspects from yesterday uh, and in terms of a celebration of what was achieved 25 years ago other than performance i thought it was pretty it was all right wasn't it yeah, yeah i think it was really nice i think the um the tunnel thing was really good as well. With the, like you already said, the youth team players, even though they probably had to walk halfway across the pitch anyway, instead of bending round, they walked all the way back. But I thought it was a nice little touch. There was loads of nice little bits. Um, but yeah, it was it was a nice day. It was just a shame that the um, performance didn't match, to be honest. But yeah, the steel band was really good. Actually, I saw that. Yeah, I, got, I was I was really keen on yesterday. I got there at two. Yeah, yeah. I left the I left the oak at about five to two, and everyone was like, "Where are you going?" So, I'm being a geek. <laughs> Just for one day, I can do it. Yeah, excellent. And then, uh, yeah, I won't be doing that again. Yeah, Tom, what was your favourite part of sort of celebration-y stuff? Uh, I've, I thought having all of the uh, the youth team players lining up, I thought was a nice touch because I know that the the trust and, and Valley Gold and all of that put a lot of money into the the academy and the youth team and, and all of that. So I think it just shows the the unity that we've got, you know, from bottom up. And when you think of the likes of Shelby and Gomez and, and Lutman and all those players that have then gone on from that to do good things. It, it's a massive part of the club. So, um, yeah, it was that for me. Excellent, right. Um, so, uh, one of the highlights for me yesterday was the fact that I actually got to meet the man who was the, the first goal scorer back at the Valley in 1992, which was, of course, uh, Colin Walsh. He, he came down to do an interview on BBC Radio London, then I grabbed him uh, for just a quick one on uh, for, for Charlton Live as well after. Colin Walsh, 25 years on since you're probably the most famous goal in Charlton history. Can you believe it's been 25 years already? No, it's flew by, to tell you the truth. Um, as we we're down here today and there's a lot of uh, the old players that played in that Game, uh, game here, and it's uh, nice to see them. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, you've had the Legends game a few a couple of months ago as well, but to, to catch up with all your old teammates from that era must be really nice to, to see what they're doing these days. Yes, it is. We were just talking up there, and there's a, a few pounds been put on by a few of us, but uh, I think that's the difference between the team now and the team then. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a great day to be here. Obviously, that goal earned you your, your own place in, in Charlton history. I mean, on, on the morning of the game, did you think, oh, I, I could really make a name for myself today if I could get that goal back at the Valley? No, you, you don't think like that. You, you just think about the result and what you want to do, what the managers want you to do and everything like that. But um, I never realised the impact it was going to make in my life. Yeah. And did you get, on the morning of the game, like, like the sense of occasion, that how, how important it was for the club and obviously what they would go on to achieve, how important it was that they'd have their own home? Yeah, it is. You have to have your own home and for the supporters to get us back here was fantastic. But you, you could feel the build-up all week because we trained down here a couple of times. And uh, there was people just wait, waiting outside the, the gates, just looking in and things like that. I've n- never experienced anything like that. But it's, um, it was great. It was a great day. I've heard plenty of people say that Charlton were destined to win on that day. Did you get that sense that morning that today was definitely going to be your day? Well, we, we tried our best to, to win and we actually played well. We could have scored a few goals in the uh, second half. But uh, we actually played well that day. So uh, it was uh, it's a magnificent day. And do you still have a, a massive affinity with Charlton all these years later? Oh yeah, I've just, I stopped about two years ago doing the hospitality with Bob upstairs. About two years ago I had to stop that. But uh, I'm down here once a month. Like, uh, the former players get his tickets to come down here. And I still see all the old faces, still get the same abuse of the supporters. <laughs> and uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. And obviously the celebrations this weekend are going to make it a very special sort of weekend for you. Yes, I've uh, actually got Stuart Barmer, Stuart Barmer staying with us. He's just came down from Scotland this morning, but I think he'll end up in the kennel, <laughs> not, not in one of the bedrooms tonight. He's, he's enjoying himself already. Welcome back to Chatton Live. That was uh, the scorer of the first goal back at the Valley in 1992, uh, Colin Walsh. Um, it, it must be such a weird uh, feeling for, for Colin. Yeah, to, 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 I mean, just a footballer who scores a goal, but all of a sudden he becomes such, so infamous and, and uh, with, with the club. And it's, it's certainly up there with probably the most important goal we've scored at the Valley, definitely. Mm. If not, you know, maybe a couple of Wembley goals from Clive Mendonca might, might have been slightly more important than that. But in terms of, you know, just at the moment where everything that the Valley party and everyone involved achieved just came into fruition when that, when that goal hit the back yeah, of the seven it, minutes past three. It's nice that, that it happened that way and obviously it's recognised he's still got his name up at the back of the, the North Stand as well and I think he referenced that in his longer interview with Valley Pass. Um, and it is, as you say, and and as he says, he, he almost didn't realise the impact it was going to have, and to still be talking about it twenty five years on uh, shows just just that that impact it has had. But yeah, I wonder if uh, McGuinness will be being interviewed about his goal twenty five years on from uh, from today. But I imagine not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah. Um, the uh, I mean, this, the, 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 we talk about the Valley Party. Now, yesterday was uh, the coalition. Or card, card was dishing out the um, uh, rosettes with, with the Valley Party on it. it. Said our Valley, our party on it. Um, now, this, this is quite an important message because th- there has been a few voices suggesting that the actual Valley Party members haven't been that involved in the celebration of the the return. They haven't been invited to do too much. Is, is, is a few things I've been I've, I've seen suggested by quite a few people really. And now. Um, you know, so we're going to the dinner tonight. I, I don't know if they if they're involved much in the dinner. I don't think they are really. Um, they're going. Uh, you know, the, the no, there wasn't. I didn't see much from the Valley Party yesterday, other, other than the names going round on the screen. So I think uh, there's a possibility that quite a few Valley Party. 
people associates or whatever are involved in card anyway so that might have been a slightly so so you know i mean it'd be very disappointing if that's a reason why they weren't invited because i mean that's two very separate matters as far as i'm concerned but yeah. it's right that card i mean don't bear in mind that card you know like i say some members would have been part of the value party anyway but just in terms of the way that card operate and, and how and their sort of uh you know the idea that they've formed is as a protest group uh, for Charlton it's exactly the same as the value party is in, in, in its own way like they're, they're very similar groups and they probably take a lot of uh, uh, of, of experience from, from from that idea as well so it's very important that, that they were the ones who were sort of celebrated yesterday as well yeah no, exactly and yesterday was about about um, the value party getting Charlton back to the valley it wasn't about um, card about against Roland or anything like that um, it was about in, it is what it is so and, it, and I hope they were. It wasn't done deliberately that we weren't involved. And I think they went for drinks after. I think actually the valley party. Yeah, Did I saw there was go? there was a photo of them somewhere in, yeah. in one of the pubs off of the village celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah. But hopefully they'll be about tonight. There'll be a lot more of them about tonight, and it's a bit mentioned a lot more. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, it was a good day all overall. I thought, but um, it was a see loads of nice different stuff coming around. But I, I only just realised that the. Um, yeah, these rosettes as well. I've only just noticed that. Yeah, the club, so yeah, the club had the club had some. Yeah, the club had their own ones earlier. Uh, but it, it was, I mean, they had been planned for ages. Uh, ah. The club ones. It was. It wasn't like a like the both ideas it were planned long before either of them was announced, which is oh, just a coincidence. Um, but if you think, I mean, if you think about that, twenty five years. I mean, it's, it's incredible to think what the Valley Party had to go through. I mean, they mm. ended up, you know, after after. The club tried to come back, and Greenwich Council then refused planning permission. They ended up forming this uh, political party that stood in local elections in 1919, got just under 15,000 votes, which was, I think, 11% share of the votes, which is an unbelievable amount. Mm. And, and, and it literally, it cost some councillors their seats, including the one who was part of the, uh, like the chair of the advisory board or something. So it took some big scalps, and that helped to change to sway the opinion of Greenwich Council. To, to allow them to give us this uh, this planning permission to come back. So it's, it's an incredible achievement, and there's no way we'd be sitting here in this studio at the Valley if, if they hadn't done what they did. Yeah, I know, exactly. And it'd be, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see if... if um, well, I don't think they'll let, you'll ever see anything like that um, again, which I think Robbo said in his interview. So it's more commercialised now, so I don't think you'll ever get to see a situation like that again. Um, but obviously at the time <coughs> when it was all happening, I was just a toddler, so obviously I wasn't that... Um, was. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was uh, I was still quite young, so I wasn't sort of privy to it. But I mean, from everything that you've read and everything I've been told, and uh, through family stuff, it's, it's it's a remarkable achievement, and it's just it's mad for twenty five years. Obviously, only realising how old I'm getting now. Um, it's just um, I can't believe how, how long it's been. It's like twenty five years. So. Yeah, but it's been good. Excellent. Now, uh, one of the f- uh, memorable moments in twenty five years ago, obviously not memorable for us because we weren't actually there. But one of the <laughs> things you hear about uh, afterwards is uh, oh, a, a fan ran on the pitch and hugged and kissed um, Derek Hales, uh, and then was allowed back into his seat to, to the rest of the game. Just overcome with emotion. Now, uh, I just so happened to have uh, on my travels to have uh, come across uh, the fan Vince. He's called. Uh, I pronounced his surname once on the thing, and I'm just going to do. That. I'm not going to try that again because it's a nightmare. <laughs> but uh, so I, I, I know Vince now. Uh, he's a regular at away games. Anyone who gets a train to away games and goes in the pubs, you'll know Vince. Uh, but he was the one who confronted Derek Hales on that return to the Valley uh, 25 years ago. So I caught up with him yesterday after the game to find out uh, what, what he remembers from that special moment. Vince Neshvix, you were the uh, the man who ran on to greet Derek Hales 25 years ago. Now, what was going through your mind when, when, when you did that? Well, basically, it was a rush of blood. 
uh, in, we were in the oak before the game uh, with a load of pals and we were just thinking about when we left the Stoke game a few years before, seven years before, and we were all demonstrating throughout the game. Um, and we, some, one of my friends said, wouldn't it be good if we could do something today? And I said, well, you can't really do anything today. It's just a celebration. But for some inexplicable reason, when I got into the ground, into the covered end, I started thinking about Derek Howes and how much I loved him because he's our all-time greatest goal scorer. And I thought, oh, it's coming on in a minute. And I literally was down the front by the steward with my chance scarf with balloons on it. And I saw an opportunity. It was literally rush of blood, hauled the gate open, jumped onto the pitch, the steward got my balloons and my <laughs> scarf, and I just kept running like boys Gump. I'm running, I'm running, boys, constantly. And then Killer was looking around at me, and he greeted me like a long-lost brother. And I planted two kisses on his cheek, and he didn't even punch me. It was fantastic. <laughs> Can you remember what you said to him when you got there? I think I said I love you or something. I can't remember. <laughs> Did he say anything back? No, he said, go on, son, because I, I, I did this killer salute and he did it yeah. back. Yeah. And it was fantastic, buddy. And when, when you did that 25 years ago, did you imagine that it would become one of the iconic sort of video images from that day? Well, I, I, I actually didn't. I'm getting, I'm getting picked on now. <laughs> I had no idea how it would pan out and a wonderful icon, iconic photograph in Charles' history book, which I'm extremely proud of. More, more than probably most things in my life apart from my children yeah. it was fantastic I had no idea how it pan out and I was look, I'm thinking about today and I've been saying to people don't worry about the result today look around look around at what we've got we're in the wonderful lounge at the moment there's wonderful lounges over there in the West End we had a porter cabin with a player of the year do in a porter cabin when we first moved back we've got everything we've had 10 near enough 10 years of top flight football seventh in the premiership we've got everything our wildest dreams we couldn't regret this would happen it's fantastic yeah like i say can you remember on the specific day back in 1992 can you remember the relief of, of coming home after that seven years worth of struggle i'm, I'm not sure if it was relief there was a nervous tension it lasted for weeks and weeks and weeks bearing in mind we it was raining for about three weeks before we even came back would it happen I, mean, I was saying to people I'm in construction I was saying to people do you think it's going to happen do you think the ground will be ready bearing in mind it wasn't much of a ground I honestly thought it wasn't going to happen until the day the morning the morning I walked into into the oak and then came into this ground and had that rush of blood to kiss Derek House. <laughs> it was one of the greatest moments of my life. And obviously, uh, despite the disappointing result today, to see all those legends from 1992 come back on the pitch today and legends from years gone by, did, was it, did it have a special feeling for you today? Coming to the Valley is always special for me. I just love it. I love coming. To, I, I, I travel all over the country watching Charlton. I've been to China to watch Charlton. It's about friends. It's about people like yourself that I've known for years. It, that's what is Charlton for me. It's not. It's not just 
the valley. It's it's everything. It's the people. Yeah. And the people, the special people. That's why I love coming here more than anything. Not not necessarily just you know the valley. Uh, excellent to hear from Vince. There, he's a, he's a real character and a, a massive, massive Charlton fan. And like I say, a, a very iconic photo from from the day there. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that like, I knew I knew about Vince before I ever met him, just because I knew there was a guy around on the pitch, and so it was great, uh, great to hear. Now, uh, 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 Mike Tyson just said uh, Austin, the Labour leader on the council, lost his seat uh, during those elections. He says thanks for the Colin Walsh interview as well. Love that geezer, the sweetest left foot, and he's clearly uh, still has a lot of affection for Charlton. Does uh, does Colin Walsh? Now, finally, this was an email I was sent in during the week, but I said we'd save it for today's show while we talked about uh, the memories of, of that game. And this is uh, this is from David Filmer. Uh, uh, talking about the game back in 1992 it says hi guys you may need a tissue when you hear my sad but true tale my father Roland brackets sorry about his name uh, had followed Charlton since 1927 and hardly ever missed a game when we left the valley in 1985 he vowed and declared he would never watch another match until they returned home he kept his promise but sadly during the ensuing seven years his health deteriorated due to Alzheimer's and when we finally returned on the 5th December 1992 he was in a Sidcup care home in the final stages of the illness I went to visit him straight after the game I took him a program and told him dad we've gone back to the valley I would like to think there was a flick of recognition in his eyes sadly he passed away a couple of weeks later I was comforted to think that we made it back before he died perhaps he hung on for that day who knows happy back to the uh, valley day everyone and RAP uh, dad so that's a lovely story David a very sad story uh, but it just shows the sort of emotion that people connect to uh, this, this very special place and why it's so important that we did come back all those years ago and I think that's a, a, a good note to end the show on David thanks for your email uh, there and uh, thanks to all of you for, for listening to tonight's uh, well this afternoon's channel live it's only half five <laughs> if you're listening live we're off to the back to the valley dinner now to celebrate again that, that special day uh, Tom thanks for coming in cheers Louis Nathan Muller it's good to have you cheers see you soon yeah, I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live we'll be back on Thursday as we preview next Saturday's game up at Blackburn but I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and thanks for all your memories of that special day in 1992 we'll see you later Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.